For over 20 years, she has been a strong advocate for personal development, as well as a passionate mentor to both men and women in the network marketing industry. Please welcome your host, Vanessa Hunter. Welcome, welcome to our monthly Guts, Grace, and Gratitude forum call. I am your host, Vanessa Hunter, and I want to thank you so much for joining us this, e- this evening. I know that um, Sundays are usually family time, but I also think of Sundays as spiritual and personal development time as well. So that's why we decided to host this call on a Sunday evening. We've got a really interesting topic to discuss this evening, and I really think that you'll find this not only interesting, but if you really apply this and the things that we talk about this evening, um, if you really listen carefully and apply this to your life, I do believe that this could be a transformational call for you. But before we get to that, please allow me to introduce our Guts, Grace, and Gratitude Forum panel. I want to start with our busy stay-at-home mom. She's a thriving entrepreneur. Melissa Barlock has a passion for dri- and drive for helping women live inspired and authentic lives with meaning and purpose. She spearheads an incredible team, and I heard, heard some of them on the front end of this call from Ontario, Canada. And her team is uh, quickly spreading across the world, so she doesn't just concentrate on Canada. She's got people all over the world. Melissa and her husband, John, are raising two incredible children, Braden and Lauren, in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the call, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Vanessa, for, ho- for having this forum for us. It's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for participating. I'm excited to get into this topic because I know you and I have chatted about this in the past. So it's finally yeah. time to talk about it. All right. <laughs> our next, our next panelist, um, is a University of Notre Dame graduate and former six figure earning corporate sales leader. Callie Teagarden is an avid adventurer who enjoys traveling the world, meeting new people and building relationships. And as she says, her purpose in life is to be true to who she is, give generously and live life to the fullest. Callie currently resides in Sugarland, Texas. Welcome to the call, Callie. Thanks, Vanessa. It's great to be here and uh, exploring this topic with you tonight. It's going to be fun. All right. And before we get too far into it, I do want to explain that two of our regular panelists were unable to join us this evening. Phoebe Trotman has a soccer game in her hometown. And uh, Jules Price, our South Florida panel member, she and her husband are celebrating their 12th wedding anniversary this evening. So mm-hmm. we gave her the night off so <laughs> to make Jeremy happy. So happy anniversary, Jules and Jeremy. And we are going to dig right into this topic because I know – um, both of you are really interested in this topic, Melissa and Callie. In fact, we've had individual conversations about it. Um, so before we dive into the actual discussion about it, I really want to frame it up for the listeners and, and make sure that everyone knows what we are talking about. Um, a few months ago, I was searching for a new book um, to read on Amazon <laughs> because that's where I that's my go-to place for finding books. And um, because of some recent events in my life, I was really really intrigued by a book in particular that's called Mindset, The Psychology of Success, and it's by author Carol Dweck. And um, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. In fact, for a while I was going to study psychology. Um, but one of the things that I've really been even more intrigued by over the past, say, 10 or 20 years is what makes people successful. What makes some people successful while others aren't so successful. And and when I frame up success, when I define that, um, it's it's it can mean different things to different people. But for the purpose of this conversation, 
I'm going to define success as living up to your full potential. So that is what has always intrigued me is what, why do some people struggle with living up to their potential and others, you know, things seem to really come easily for them. And in the past, I've always thought of successful people as having intelligence and a strong work ethic and, and good timing and, and maybe even a bit of luck mixed in there. Um, I really believed that people's success were was probably not 100% in their control. I had what you'll call a fixed mindset in this, in this um, arena. I really thought that they needed to have intelligence to begin with. They needed to have good luck. They needed to have that strong work ethic. But I also thought there was a little bit of just, just life, you know, just things that happen for one reason or another. And um, so anyway, going back to this book, Stanford University psychologist, her name's Carol Dweck. She's the author of this book, and she's done decades of research on this topic. And she's boiled down success, again, I'm defining that as living up to your highest potential, she's boiled it down to one common theme, and that's about having the right mindset to live up to your potential. And I know that sounds incredibly simple, but she's got an amazing amount of research that she's done to support this theory that she has. Um, again, she's a Stanford University psychologist. She's got decades and decades of research, and so part of that is what she discusses in this book. And she's shown that success in school and business and sports and parenting and all different areas of our life can really be dramatically influenced by how we approach our goals. So I think that her original theory was that some people have the right mindset to have success and some don't and so she she embarked upon that journey with all of her um different um different research and different things that she did with people and and I'm talking about everything that ranges from questionnaires to children to adults to teachers to all kinds of different things you can look up her research um for yourself I'm not going to go into that but because she has surveyed so many people in so many different walks of life in so many different arenas, she's got an incredible amount of research to uh, to base her theories on. And so I, I put a lot of clout in that. Anyway, Callie, I want to start with you because we've had conversations about this and you've expressed to me in the past that you've had a, a fixed mindset in certain areas of your life. And so I want to I want to kind of explore that and dig into that a little bit and see if you can share a story of perhaps a, a time in your life when you look back now, having read this book and having had these discussions, that you say, yeah, I really had a fixed mindset about this. Yeah, I think if I go all the way back to school, um, it's funny, as I was reading this book, I think I texted you several times, I'm like, she's talking about me, <laughs> this is my life, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea, <laughs> I was taking pictures of pages, I had no idea of this concept of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, and, you know, one of the things that hit me was when I was growing up, I was always um, told that I was talented, that I was intelligent, I was in the uh, uh, gifted and talented program, 
you know, I was in high school, I was the valedictorian in my high school class, and I really didn't have to study in high school to get A's. It just came naturally for me. But that all changed when I went to college. Um, and one of the things reading this book, I realized that I really was never in the mindset of learning in school. I was just in the mindset of proving my intelligence. And so that's very effective fixed mindset when we when you know we we believe we're intelligent so now we have to do everything to prove it and so when I went to college I had really never learned how to study because my only goal was to get good grades not to really learn and in college I struggled because I didn't do well in college and I always believed um that school came easy for me, and so now it didn't. And I had gone to college thinking I would be a doctor, and I was a biochemistry major, and it was really hard. And, you know, in college, somewhere along the way, I decided I really didn't want to study that hard to be a doctor. I didn't want to spend my evening in um, so I could study for the MCAT. I remember a lady my freshman year, she lived right across the hall, and every Friday night she stayed in and studying for the MCAT and Saturday nights. And, you know, with school not coming easy, I'm like, I really don't think I want to do that anymore. And it was my junior year when I made that decision. I actually even changed my major out of biochemistry into um, a science business degree because I pretty much had all the science credits I needed. And for the next year and a half, I could take sophomore level business classes that, in my mind, seemed a lot easier and I could do easier. So it was funny. I always was like, well, it really wasn't my dream to be a doctor. But in some ways, I think, you know, that fixed mindset led me down that path of, oh, this is too hard. I can't, you know, if I go to med school or I might not get in, right? I didn't even want to, like, face that and so made the decision not to pursue that path. Which is really interesting. So let me let me sort of define these two mindsets so that people understand what we're talking about when we refer to fixed mindset. Basically, in, in uh, Dr. Dweck's research, She's boiled everything down to, to two different camps of thinking. One camp believes that people were born with a certain set of skills, intellect, and talent, and that those assets will determine their level of success in life. And she calls this a fixed mindset, meaning that you have certain assets and, and you don't have a whole lot of influence over how those um are developed. You know, you obviously we all go to school and we learn new things, but but you are a fixed mindset is one that has a certain amount of intelligence, a certain amount of potential, a certain amount of skills and, and um, talent. So uh, the other camp is comprised of people who believe that we may be born with a certain set of skills, um, you know, intellect and talent, but that with effort we can dramatically change those assets that we're born with. And uh, Dr. Dweck calls this a growth mindset. So there's a whole there's a whole bunch of research there's a whole bunch of things that go into what it means when you have a fixed mindset and the way you think and what Callie is describing right now is exactly um, what feeds into that fixed mindset, which is I have a certain level of intelligence and if I start doing things and realizing that I'm not very good at them, well then I better shift gears so that I can excel at something. And you see this a lot, in, and especially in Dr. Dweck's research, um, she gave children puzzles. And 
some children would go and do the same puzzles over and over and over again because they were so easy and they, you know, they felt good about themselves for solving these puzzles. Whereas other children continued to progress and continued to want to work on harder puzzles, more difficult problems, because they felt accomplished and smarter when they were learning something. And so it all boils down to the question of when do you feel the smartest? When do you feel intelligent? Is it when you've mastered something or is it when you're learning something? And don't assume that the answer to that is really um, a simple one because we're boiling this down into something very simple, but you can have a fixed or growth mindset in various areas of your life. And I, for example, had a fixed mindset at one point in terms of intelligence and a growth mindset in other areas of my life, such as relationships. And so, Melissa, I want you to touch on that a little bit because I know that you and I have discussed this topic and and you had, well, I don't know actually whether you had a fixed or a growth mindset when it came to someone's intelligence. Okay, so I oh, I love this topic because it, it it breeds so many possibilities. I mean, like you said earlier, this is a game changer for so many people because, you know, having a growth mindset and knowing that you can actually change your mindset, it just, it, into that growth mindset, it just gives you those unlimited potential and possibilities. And it's interesting because I had a, a whole kind of set of things that, that what I wanted to say, but after listening to Callie, it's really interesting because, Callie, you made me kind of go back into my childhood and our our childhoods are comparatively different because when I was growing up, I had absolutely zero expectations. So there is five kids in my family, three brothers and uh, my sister, so five of us, and there were no expectations on the girls. And it was basically that my brothers were the smart ones and my brothers were the ones who did really well at math and sciences. And so the the expectation there was that, well, girls aren't really good at math and girls aren't really good at sciences. And not that they were trying to be mean about it, but it was just that was kind of the expectation and thing. And I don't know if you had that same um, feeling growing up, but it was the girls, you know, we didn't do well or excel well in uh, in math and science. And so I didn't really have that expectation. So when I got a a poor grade at math, I didn't, it, I didn't try harder, right? Because the expectation was that, well, you know what, that, that level of intelligence isn't there and nor will it ever be there, so I, I didn't try. But then going through the years of uh, grade school and then into high school, I started um, trying harder because I felt like I had to prove something. I had to prove my intelligence. And so I started working harder and trying harder than my brothers that it seemingly came easy to them. They didn't have to study at all. They just got great grades. And so I started working harder to prove, I guess, to myself and to them that I could do it. And so what happened was it flipped in high school where I started getting the better grades and I started getting rewarded with honors and, you know, voted the valedictorian while they had this level of, of um, intelligence, but then their grades started to decline. Um, interestingly, for the same reasons that you had mentioned, because the level of expectation was there and they were being rewarded or they were constantly being praised for, you know, oh, you're so smart and boys are good at this and, and you're great at math, whereas I didn't have that expectation, so I had to work harder um, and really discipline myself 
to to achieve that same level, if not higher, going forward. So um, interesting, interesting dynamic. I, I had a completely different upbringing where that was concerned. So I wanted that's, to bring that to the forefront. That's really that is fascinating. And um, I now you're <laughs> like you, Melissa. I sat there going, wait, I have all, all kinds of notes on this topic, but now you make me want to add my two cents on on my history. Um, I was um, born in England, and we moved to the United States when I was almost eight years old. So I moved to the United States in second grade, and I had always felt like I was a smart kid when I was a little kid. I, I just things came easily to me, and I, I felt like I, I was smart. I, my cousins were older than me, and so I just thought that they had probably taught me things, and so that's why I did well in school. Then we moved to the United States. Well, everything was different for me from the way we did math to spelling to even what we were eating. I mean, every single thing was completely different for me, and I've never felt dumber, truly dumb in my life <laughs> like I did in second grade. And I thought, I thought, oh, my gosh, what happened to me? Like, all of a sudden, I am just – and to top that off, um, when we moved, we moved to Ohio, and the um, school, uh, I guess she must have been a – a speech therapist, she told uh, my mother that I had a speech impediment um, because oh I had an English accent, and so she thought oh that was a speech goodness. impediment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so then my, when my mom, so they sent this letter home saying, your daughter needs to come to speech therapy. She has a oh. speech impediment, blah, 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 blah. And then when my mom went to the meeting, um, the lady said, oh, no wonder, you have the same speech impediment. So, oh my goodness! You know, further wow. making me feel like I am a weirdo, what right? <laughs> so, yeah. so when you go through that, you know, you it really does shake your faith in yourself and um, and how you feel about yourself, even as a little kid. So it's interesting in listening to you, Callie, because I had somewhat of the same experience as you. Later, obviously, I adapted fairly quickly. You're, you know, you're eight years old; you figure it out pretty quickly. I went to speech therapy and quickly gained an American accent, so <laughs> that worked out really well for me. <laughs> so anyway, um, but as I moved on in school, I kind of had the same experience you did, Callie, where things I didn't, I didn't, I was probably lazy in that I didn't study much for things, and so you know, I just felt like okay, think I either know it or I don't. I either you know it'll come to me or it doesn't. And um, and it wasn't until I was in high school and I was going through some some things. I, I, I was horrible at math, and I just thought, well, I, I'm horrible at math. And my parents hired a tutor for me who really sat and talked through the way I solved problems and really made me learn that the, the way my way of thinking and the way they wanted me to you know, explain the way I solve problems were two totally different things. And so once I learned how to do it the way they expected it on paper, even though I was getting to the right result every single time, I wasn't showing my work and I wasn't showing how I got there and all these other things. So when I learned to adapt and, and do things the way you were supposed to do them, obviously my grades literally went from a C to an A in a matter of months. And um, and so then all of a sudden I felt smart again, which goes back to that whole fixed mindset. You you paint yourself 
with a brush or people paint you with a brush um, according to what their idea is as to whether or not you're a smart person, whether or not you're athletic, whether or not you're mu musically inclined or artistic. Those things that we tend to to put people in categories and with the growth mindset that Dr. Dweck talks about, that's all variable. That can all be influenced by whether or not you have a desire to improve upon those things. So is there a point, Melissa, since you did not really have that fixed mindset, you were just like, well, this is, you know, I'll do as well as I do and I'll study harder to prove them wrong and things like that. Is there, is there an area in your life where you did have a fixed mindset about something? Well, I think that I think that it's every day we go through those the fix and the growth and the fix and the growth, right? Like I I I pay attention to those things in my life because it's almost like those conversations that I have in my head and I've I've actually listened to a lot of um like the TED Talks with Carol Dweck and I started mm -hmm. listening to her last year and I actually haven't read her book, but I listen to, you know, whenever I'm in my car at my mobile university and I'll put on the TED Talks or the YouTube and I'll you know, I'll listen to all of that information. And she's just such a brilliant woman with mass amount of research behind her. And, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that one of the things that I realized growing up, and I still don't feel like I, you know, I don't consider myself an intelligent person. I just consider myself completely average. But I do know that abilities can go, grow through hard work. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I've learned through life is that, no matter what, I, I know that through hard work, even if I have to work a little bit harder or really, really harder than those intelligent people, then I can achieve the same, if not more, success. So that's something that I've, I guess through, through childhood I've, I've kind of learned. Um, but certainly on a daily basis, even with my kids or in relationships or even in, in business and the way that you view business, I'm always going through the fixed and the growth mindset. So an example you know, I could give my kids as an example. You have my son, for example. He'll, if I sit down and do homework with him, he will all, if there's a problem or a challenge, he'll automatically just say, you know, I, he'll, he doesn't want to do it. He completely shuts down. Whereas my daughter, she's excited to learn more and she's excited to, um, you know, she, she wants to learn because she knows that she's going to, she's going to learn it. So I've had to learn as a parent to try and, you know, hone that that growth mindset with them. And so what mm -hmm. I try to do is really kind of praise the activities as opposed to the result. So when we're talking mm -hmm. about like, oh, you know, Braden, you got a, a, an A, you're so smart. Instead of saying that, like what uh, Carol Dweck uh, suggests is praising, you know, Braden, you worked really hard. Um, mm -hmm. You spent, you spent, you know, the last three days studying for this and look what happened. It paid off and you got your A. So things like that, trying to really kind of reshape um, the language towards the kids. And the same for myself. Um, you know, other examples of, of fixed or, or growth mindset could be something as easy as, you know, your husband comes home from work and let's say he's in a bad mood every day or your, the, your wife comes home from work and she's, you know, she's in a bad mood every day. Instead of saying, well, you know, well, he's just a grumpy guy and that's the fixed mindset. It is what it is and there's no changing it. It's like, well, you know what, maybe let's have a conversation and see if there's something, you know, what's going on, what happened at work today, or is there anything that I can help you with? Like little things like that. It doesn't have to be something massive, but little kind of daily 
um, interactions that we have with our kids and our husbands make such a massive difference. And the fixed mindset in me automatically goes to, oh, well, oh, my gosh, he's just grumpy and I'm, I don't want to deal with it, as opposed to, you know, how is your day? What's going on? Is there anything I can help with? You know, and kind of figuring out what's going on and knowing mm-hmm. that, that, that it, that's not the, the end result. It's not that he's grumpy. It's that there's something going on there that's causing him to be that. And I'm, that's just an example. He's actually a really happy guy. <laughs> Poor me if I'm grumpy. <laughs> Poor me. I should probably switch it around to him. Like, you know, he comes home from work and I'm the grumpy one instead of him just saying, okay, well, my wife is grumpy. You know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, if he offered to, to help a little bit more, then I wouldn't be so grumpy. So just some little tiny examples that make a big, big difference in the fixing growth mindset. That's <laughs> really good. to make it relatable on a daily basis. Yeah. No, that's totally relatable. And I think we all get into that type of thing in our relationships where we look at friends or family members, and I think any one of us listening on this call can say, oh, you know, I can think of these people who have a really great relationship, or I think of these people who struggle in their relationship. And those are things that are such, again, that such judgments and such labels. And um, and really, we, when you embrace the fact that you can influence any of those things, whether it's intelligence, and Melissa, going back to what you were saying about Braden and Lauren, and they're different, the different ways they deal with learning or failure or struggling. Um, I think that, that it really is, it, it, we have to adopt a different way of talking to them, just as you said, as Dr. Dweck suggests, so that we encourage the growth mindset and because that is ultimately what is going to make them successful. And so let me just also, I just wanted to um, point out one of the things that Dr. Dweck talks about is that if you have a fixed mindset, and this is why this is so important to the when talking about Melissa and her children, if you have a fixed mindset, when you're given a positive label, you're really afraid of losing it. So when a kid is told you're really smart, you're afraid of losing that. He or she is afraid of losing that label. So they'll do anything they can to protect that label. They're the smart one. They're the funny one. They're the pretty one. They're the whatever. They'll do whatever they can to protect that label. And um, when you're given a negative, some kind of negative label, you're afraid of deserving it if you have a fixed mindset. On the other hand, with a growth or progressive mindset, you're not afraid of failure. You're not afraid of the labels because you know in, in, you truly believe inherently in your heart of hearts that you can change anything about yourself. You can become a better learner. You can become the pretty one. You can become the intelligent one. You can become the funny one because you know that all it takes is effort and focus for you to do that. So does that make sense when I'm, the way I'm explaining it? Absolutely, and that really, that excites me because it just gives everybody so much possibility, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's, you can, you can truly change everything with your mind. I mean, it is quite powerful, and it's interesting because even, you know, Cody Bateman, the owner and founder of Send Up Cards, he writes a whole book on promptings and, and the, the, your core I am statements, and a lot of that has to do with your mindset. And your yes. beliefs, and what are your beliefs, and your limiting beliefs, and all of that has to do with mindset, and it's so, so, so powerful. It really I is. Find, but go ahead, Kelly. 
Yeah, I said I was going to find because I I can relate with Brayden. I relate when Melissa was telling that story, and I wish I would have known about this, you know, growth and fixed mindset because one of the things that I look back in my life, if there were contests, it could be like contests in school, beauty pageants or science fairs, or even in my business when we run promotions, uh, my fixed mindset always has been if I can't win it, I don't even try it, right? And I've changed that. But I, but I can tell you a number of times when, you know, in the business we've run promotions and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going for that because in my mind I was scared if I went for it and then didn't win it or, you know, didn't accomplish it, that I was a failure, right? And so, and it's all about protecting that in that mm-hmm. fixed mindset. And that's why I think this was such an aha. There are a lot of areas that I was very black and white fixed mindset. You know, I had a fixed mindset around and when new builders come in, they're either going to do it or not. And that's not really true, but that's <laughs> how I thought. Well, <laughs> and that, so, thought. so let's talk about that for a minute from a, from a network marketing perspective, because I think we've all encountered people. We've all had people in life that you, you turn to them and you think, wow, I just signed up somebody and, and this person is going to set the world on fire and they're going to be, fantastic and they're going to, you know, do wonders for my business and blah, 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 blah. We all go down that path with people and then we we turn around and they don't do anything and we think, well, first of all, you have to start questioning yourself and thinking, well, how could I be such a bad judge of character? So there's a whole, there's a whole self-talk beat-up session that goes on with yourself, but um, but then you look at other people who you don't expect anything out of, and they just set the world on fire, and you think, well, how did I not see that? So I think that a lot of things that it, it, we go back to having expectations and what are our expectations in network marketing and are the people who, I mean, let's face it, the people in network marketing that are at the top of all the different companies are, do you think they're all the smartest people in the world? Do you think they're all the luckiest people in the world? Do you think they're all the richest people in the world or the best looking? No, they're the ones who never quit. That is the only common thread that they have is that they didn't quit. So I have to say that if they were giving the test as to whether or not they had a fixed or a growth mindset when it comes to network marketing, my guess, my gamble, my theory is that they have a growth mindset. Yeah, 100%. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure they always have it in the beginning, but they're just stubborn enough not to quit. Because I right. think I had a growth mindset in the beginning of this business. I think that has developed over time. And, you know, there, there are things that I've seen in my business and now reading this book has really opened up. But I think that um, it goes back to in the fixed mindset that, we, that we're scared of failing. So yeah. sometimes we're just stubborn enough to stay long enough to figure it out. <laughs> but I think that common denominator, I think all your top leaders uh, – develop into growth mindset. I'm not sure they always start there. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think you're right. I think you're really right. And I think attending events, whether it's a company convention or, or a, you know, Saturday training or things like that, I think that fills up the growth mindset. It satisfies the people with the growth mindset, but I think it can also speak to the people with a fixed mindset because they're sitting there learning new things and seeing people around them succeed. 
And so I think that helps with that. I, I think it helps shift their mindset. They may have come in with a fixed mindset, but I think when they see others succeed, I'm sure, I know I've sat in the audience and said, well, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. And I think that, you know, you, you see people in this business. I was thinking about this topic of earlier. You know, I look at Jordan Adler. He's a top income earner in this industry. And, you know, if you'd sponsored him in those first 10 years in one of those 11 companies, you would have never thought he was going to go out and build a massive business. But on his 12th right. company, his mindset shifted there. He took uh-huh. all that he learned and he, you know, went into the growth mindset and is a true leader in this industry today. But in the first, you know, 11 companies, he wasn't. So I definitely think there, there's a shift that happens through personal development, through growth, and through, you know, clearly figuring out why you want to be part of this industry and why you want to build this business. Right, right. And I think yeah, to some I, extent, I, I would, and I, Melissa, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I, would, I would have to say that Jordan would have to have an amazingly, uh, amazing growth mindset to go through 12 years and keep going. Because right. if, it, if, he, if he were fixed in those beginning years, he might have quit. Because, because of that growth mindset, I, I think he would have had it earlier on because it pushed him to continue and having that belief in himself that he can learn those skills. So I think there's a little bit of both, and I think that, you know, on a daily basis, we flip back from that growth to that fix, and it's it's kind of like that balancing act um, through that all. Definitely. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. So do you ever catch yourself in in a situation where, like I've caught myself, definitely since learning more about this and, and reading some of the research, I've definitely caught myself in a situation where I'm, demonstrating a fixed mindset, even though I don't think I've got one in certain areas. There are certain times, and like you said, Melissa, you go back and forth. You might feel like you are you have a growth mindset overall, but there are times when we all get frustrated, we slip back into that fixed mindset. Are there time, Does that happen for you on a daily basis? For me, Vanessa, or for Callie? Yes, Callie, Melissa, sorry. Melissa. Oh. Yep, yep, it happens all the time. And that's where it happens with my kids, it happens with myself, it happens with my husband, um, happens with the team, but that's where, that's where I have that, <laughs> that self-talk where I notice it and because, because I've worked on myself and because of the personal development and because of surrounding myself with people with growth mindsets like yourself and Callie and Jules and Phoebe and all the incredible people and leaders in this company, like you said earlier, Vanessa, the events are so important and the reading is so important and the calls like this are so important because, you know, not everybody has a a growth mindset 100% of the time. It just it just doesn't happen like that. It's 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 an ongoing learning curve where that growth mindset knows that we're continually learning in order to, to change that fixed mindset. So, like I said, with even the littlest examples with your kids and the homework and, you know, just thinking sometimes I'll even think with my kids, oh, well, well, maybe he's just not good at that. And, I, and I'm not going to bother, you know, spending more time to work with him because he's just, he's just never going to get it, you know. And then I have to kind of talk myself out of it as well. Some of the things that I do with my kids, um, for any parents on the line, is like, you know, Lauren, I'll be sitting down and she'll be playing piano or trying to play piano and she's not in the mood and, you know, she's like, well, I can't do this, and I'm not good at this. And so what I'll do is I'll kind of explain to her, and I have it like Carol Dweck in my head, and I'll say, okay, well, 
you know what, Lauren, this is the first time you're looking at this. It's going to take a couple minutes. And I talk about the synapses and I talk about her brain being like a tree and that the more that you, you know, try something and the more that you try to learn something, each time you do it, you're growing more branches, which are the dendrites, right? So I, I actually... I will tickle her head and I'll pretend like a tree is growing on her head and I'll, I'll play little games like that with her and I'll say, okay, now let's try again. Try, you know, try this piece again and then let's see if you get a little bit better. And then once you do that, I'll, I'll tickle your head and we'll, you know, I'll, I'll have more dendrites uh, grow and she loves it because it's tickling her head. <laughs> so she'll practice again and then it'll, then she'll improve. And I say, okay, so it's see your dendrites, your branches are growing. And then we'll go over that process. And all of a sudden, she's gone through the sequence and she's, you know, from start to finish, she's learned that piece. And so, you know, these are these are things that, that we can do with our kids and ourselves every single day. Um, and, and it is happening every single day with me. And I catch myself in those fixed mindsets and I just have to, you know, I talk myself out of them. That's, yeah. that it, And I think especially with kids, I think it's so important to... We have to be so careful what we're telling them with feeding their little brains, and I think that's awesome the way you you gave her that analogy. I uh, I did that with my daughter Ashley when she was younger. She came home one day and she said, "Do mom, do you know that she was in elementary school? Do you know that um, smart people have more wrinkles in their brain?" And so we had this, we had this whole thing about calling, you know, we'd say a grape brain is like a brain that's not been developed and hasn't done any learning and a raisin brain is a brain that's totally learned, you know, cause it's got more wrinkles. Mm. And so it's on that path to learning. So, so we'd constantly talk about, you know, developing more wrinkles in your brain by learning and that type of thing. That's just the, you know, that's kind of the, the visual analogy that I came up with at the time. And, and one day she came home, it was a couple of years later, and she came home and she was really frustrated with this boy at school who had been teasing her about something. And she said, he's such a grape brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so not exactly applying it the way I had envisioned, but anyway. <laughs> but she was getting it. <laughs> she was definitely yeah. getting it. So, so let's, let's go back into this a little bit and talk about the fact that people, so people with a fixed mindset obviously believe that abilities are fixed and they are less likely to flourish in all areas. According to Dr. Dweck's research, and again, this is not my research, this is definitely hers and her colleagues, but according to their research, those with a fixed mindset are far less likely to flourish than, than those who believe that their abilities can be developed through hard work and strategies and mentorship and and learning. So the important thing is not whether or not you have a fixed or a growth mindset. It's whether or not you recognize what you have. And we all, as we've been talking about on this call, we have different mindsets in different areas of our life and you can think back if you think back to the people that you graduated from high school with and and maybe maybe some people on this line fall into these categories but but when we're in high school and and it's the end of the year senior year and people are voted you know my most likely to succeed and um you know most likely to do this and that and whatever else they've got going on so there's all of these labels that are put on people as they graduate from high school. What 
if you think back to those very same people that you graduated with, are they the ones that actually succeeded? Are they the ones that were the most successful? Or did you find other people in your high school class that you've heard go on to achieve great success that you thought were maybe going to achieve average success? Does anyone have an example of that? Kelly, I'm thinking you do. Yeah, I do. There's actually, um, I reconnected with a guy from high school. Um, he's a real estate agent now in North Carolina, has had a super successful career. No one ever thought he'd be the most likely to succeed. And, you know, we were, we had a long 45-minute hour conversation a couple months ago, and we talked about, you know, what he had done in his career. And, you know, in, in high school he was just kind of, lackadaisical, and then he went to um, college and really loved learning, went into the corporate world, and then um, was in between jobs, decided to go get his real estate license, and really put his head down, and now he's one of the top real estate agents in North Carolina, and it was a really interesting story. I was one of the ones um, in my high school class voted most likely to succeed, and, you know, in some ways I think I have, but in other ways I think I still have huge potential out there. Um, and so it was really interesting talking to him and seeing where we had come from at different points in the class and where our careers are now and that where that love of learning, because I really think that growth mindset mm -hmm. goes back to the love of learning, right? Mm -hmm. That in school and in college, I didn't love learning. I just learned to get by and get through. And now as I've developed into a, you know, a network marketer, that's where my love of learning, um, learning this business, doing personal development has revived. I know like when I left college until I joined this industry nine years later, I never read a, like a personal development book because I didn't think I needed to, right? That was like failing to me. Oh, I've got this all under control. I'm, I'm a smart person and this industry has definitely opened me up. And it was interesting hearing his journey and his path where he found that love for learning and has had a super successful career. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Melissa, do you have an example of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking of all the people that I thought, oh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna be successful for sure. And it's actually quite the opposite. Most of them, I don't want to say aren't, <laughs> I don't want to be so harsh, but, you know, what you, what you think is gonna be is, is completely the opposite. I'm trying to think of one or two examples. Um, oh my goodness, it's, yeah, a lot of them that, that I thought, it's funny because I was never, I was never voted to be, you know, um, one of the most successful or I, I was never, again, those expectations were on, were not on me. So I, it's almost like I've always gone through my life trying to kind of prove myself. <laughs> and so, um, you know, whereas you look at some people that I always thought would be, you know, these really successful people are, are really struggling in life. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting to see how that happens. And a lot of it has to do with that, that, that internal growth mindset. And I'm with you, Callie, when you say that this industry has kind of brought you into that personal development and introspection. Because even before I started with um, network marketing and send out cards, I, I kind of was that way too where I thought, oh, personal development, that's not for me. I don't, you know, I don't really need it. I think I'm doing okay without it. And not realizing that really the people who think they don't need it need it the most. And um, yeah. through that journey of personal development, it's just, it has empowered me and so many other people. And I'm able to teach people that 
you know, you can, you can, you can learn and you can empower yourself and you can change your perspective. And in that, you have so much opportunity for growth and development. Yeah, I think, you know, that reminds me that, you know, you always hear that the most successful people have the biggest libraries, right? The biggest homes have the biggest libraries. And that's not just by coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it now. (laughs) I totally get it now. And that's what I, I really love about this industry is the fact that we do support personal growth. I mean, think it, there is, I can't think of any other industry that there are industries that you're required to do um, continuing education and that type of thing, but there's no industry that focuses so much on the person and the personal development um, aspect of things. Um, I think, Kelly, you touched on it in a huge way when you said you really need to want to learn. You really want to have a thirst for knowledge because that is what propels you forward um, in business and definitely in this industry in all aspects, in your relationships as well. We are out of time, ladies. I just got the little dinging of the clock. So, <laughs> so I thought so we had more time because there was less of us on, but that was not the case. I love I know. I, I love it. It's, I love so it. it's because this topic is, I we could just go on and on and on. It's just a great topic. I could speak about it forever and ever. Um, all right, so let's just recap what we've talked about this evening. The book that was the basis for this evening's call was um, – was Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. Um, Melissa indicated that she has listened to the TED Talks, and so have I, by Carol Dweck. You need to jump on there. If you don't have the book, which you can get on Amazon, but if you don't have the book, at least watch those TED Talks because it's really fascinating, um, some of the information that she's going to share with you. Um, This book really, really caused me to take a hard and – and sometimes painful look at my own mindset and various areas of my life. And um, and that's why I'm encouraging each of you to read it because I think you'll find yourself really analyzing uh, the motivation beside, behind some of your thoughts and some of your actions. And for me, in reading this book and learning more about mindset, it was actually very, very liberating because I learned so much about my preconceived notions that I'm now able to go into things with a much more open and uh, focused desire to learn than I had before. So it, it rekindled my desire to learn. So I highly recommend that you read it. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. Please join us on the GGG forum group on Facebook if you haven't already. Um, in closing, I want to let you know that the call takes place once a month and we discuss various issues faced by women in business today. We also have the Guts, Grace, and Gratitude podcast that features men and women both inside and outside our profession and it allows us to dig a little deeper into some of these topics and I'm sure this will be a topic of a future podcast as well because there's just way too much to discuss. So anyway, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast interviews and forum calls, I invite you to do so. Just go to gutsgraceandgratitude.podbean.com. Again, that's guts graceandgratitude.podbean.com and again please join us on the GGG forum on Facebook. Ladies Melissa and Callie thank you so much for sharing with us today as always um, every time you share your personal stories and your perspective you enrich the lives of all of our listeners and uh, my own as well so I appreciate you I appreciate you sharing and most of all I appreciate your friendship. Thanks so much. Thanks.